Media presents NFTeach. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. This is a special episode for me. You know, over the past 20 years, I've been a career educator in K-12 schools, um, served, you know, uh, stateside as well as internationally. Uh, but I'm joining a new company called Monax. Um, the company's not new, but the product that they're about to launch, Aspen, is new. And I'm joining as their VP of community. And on this episode, I was joined by uh, my boss, the CEO, Casey Coleman, to talk about what Aspen is and some of the fundamental issues that Aspen is seeking to tackle. Um, This is now going to be a major focus of my work. So I hope this is an enlightening episode for you to sort of hear about big picture, some of the things that we need to start thinking about in the NFT space. Uh, and, And I'll be doing a lot more work with Aspen, obviously as uh, I'll be in New York for NFT NYC next week. So without further ado, let's get into it with uh, the CEO of Monax, Casey Coleman. Here we go. Joining me on the Packrip Media guest line is Casey Coleman, the CEO of Monax. Casey, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me today. Hey, it's great to have you on. Um, you know, l- let's start with one of the big projects or big parts of what uh, Monax and, and Aspen, uh, we'll get into some of the specifics around Aspen, are, are doing, which is this idea of wrapping a title around an NFT. Why would someone want to wrap a title around an NFT? Every day we those in the NFT community, at least, hear more and more about how um, people's NFTs are getting stolen. And, you know, it's a big shame. And and it's not only is it a shame, it's incredibly frustrating that, um, that the solutions to date have essentially been communities either shrugging and saying, well, you know, uh, not great to be you, on the one hand, or um, trying to do something more proactive where other folks have to, uh, you know, do GoFundMe equivalents in order to uh, get a new NFT for you. I mean, it's kind of like for those in America, it's kind of as big a shame as all the GoFundMes that I see on Facebook to make healthcare work for, for underprivileged folks. Uh, it's, it's not dissimilar in this regard in that there is something that we can do about these things, I think. And, and it all starts with the idea of, ha- of establishing that I legally own something. And in other words, uh, starting to separate the ideas of possession from the ideas of ownership. And, and blockchains uh, historically have put those two things together. Um, and, and so if something is in my wallet, therefore I own it. And if we start to think about these things as being something separate, that gives us a base to start to build solutions around being uh, solutions for folks when things go bad. And, and things do indeed go bad. And, you know, I, I see these tweets happening all the time. I see, to your point, I see people sort of reaching into their pockets to donate to try to help get people off their feet. Um, but why do you think that the, the general reaction is either sort of a shrug 
or a, it sucks to be you, or a, you you should have protected yourself better. Why, why do you think that is the sort of guttural response that the community has right now? I I think maybe I think there's a little a little bit of a history there. Um, you know, blockchains are coming from a legacy of uh, of Wild West, and um, a lot of folks have made a lot of money. Um, because they are were adventurous enough to go into the wild west um, from the comforts of uh, their, their their previous existence, and and so we have this wild west mentality and legacy uh, there, and and that's all well and good. Um, but if we're going to if we're going to bring new folks in, I think we need to to, to really look closely at these at some of these modalities. Uh, and, and ask ourselves as a community: Is is this where we actually really want to be? Is this what is going to help my dad or mom or brother or sister or aunt or uncle be able to come in and enjoy the great things of, for example, NFTs, just like I do? Or or should we maybe take a look at things from a slightly different lens? Makes sense, and. You know, often I hear NFTs being referred to as their file extension. I hear them being referred to as JPEGs or GIFs. And I think that a huge part of that, when I think about what a JPEG does for me, typically it's when I, I'm looking for something for professional development that I'm doing for teachers and I need an image or I need an image for some other reason. And I'm just right clicking and saving as, but that is just serving a purpose. It definitely doesn't have any sort of value of any kind. It's just um, something that's needed in the moment to fulfill some sort of uh, particular need. Um, but when you think about the fact that some of these quote unquote JPEGs are, you know, worth, you know, the, the base punk uh, CryptoPunk is worth 405,000 US dollars. It sort of blows your mind that, you know, we, we we sort of look at decentralization as an excuse for things to, to be able to be stolen. Exactly. And, 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 you know, maybe not, maybe not an excuse for them to be stolen, but an excuse to not craft solutions that help folks when their stuff is stolen. Because if, you know, I would bet, and it's pretty. Uh, you, you have a good, you have a good listenership, and I would bet that uh, that your listenership has um, anywhere between one and five percent of your listenership has had stuff stolen from them uh, in in the crypto space, and, and, and whether those are NFTs. Or you know, if they if they're old enough, they pro they may have fallen uh, prey to some of the two factor authentication sem attacks that happened pervasively in the twenty seventeen to twenty early twenty nineteen era before folks realized that you know uh, that that uh, phones for two factor authentication were not great, um, and so some of these things are uh, are are have led to a lot of people having their stuff stolen and, and you know in fungible token land it it is uh one level of uh concern but in nfts i think we actually have an opportunity to re-envision the jpeg as you mentioned um into a more sophisticated idea that this is digital property 
as you mentioned, uh, some uh, floor plunk is worth uh, 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 more than many people's houses. Um, it is worth uh, more than uh, multiple uh, garages of cars, and and um, and and we and, and while it is a cartoon um, picture, we. we probably need to think about it a little bit more from a little bit more of a sophisticated perspective than it is simply a cartoon while the picture is. Uh, and, and, and what I say, what I mean when I say that is perhaps we need to, to start uh, providing more advanced um, uh, thinking to what we can do when my digital property gets stolen or gets corrupted or uh, some other bad things happen with it. Yeah. And I don't think it's it, so, so let's go to solution mode then. What, what do you propose that a, a, a potential solution for this could be uh, when things go bad? What are some of the steps that, that Monax and your your new product Aspen are taking to sort of uh, start to begin operating in that solution space. You know, really, the first thing that you want to do is is essentially just have a baseline establishment of uh, as as we started this discussion, an establishment of legal title. Now, why is that interesting? Well, I said earlier in our discussion, we want to start to separate out the idea of owning something from the idea of possessing something. And, and, and what we see in most, uh, you know, the most common attack that we see in the NFT space right now is a, um, is a phishing attack uh, where someone has put up a fake MetaMask wallet um, and and then uh, fishes somebody's seed phrase, and when they do that, then they they actually can 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 get your wallet, um, reconstitute the private keys, and then start transacting. So typically, sucking out your NFTs into a, an address they fully control, um, selling it at floor or below floor, and so then it's out in the marketplace. Now, now, now that is. What that? What is that telling us? Well, that is telling us that possession of that NFT has equals changed. ownership, right? Like, like exactly, we're, we're we're saying that they're the same. It, yes, currently we we say that these things are the same, and and uh, and so, but but our argument to the community is maybe we shouldn't be saying that possession equals ownership. Maybe we need to start saying, okay. Over here in this other lane, we ha I have established that uh, a, a legal title to this uh, other uh, NFT to this NFT, and and by doing so, I am starting to establish a separation between these two things, and 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 that is in and of itself a small step, you know, that, that, that is one small step for mankind, but what it starts to do is it lays the foundation for a solution space. And, and the solution in our, uh, in our view is really down to the communities of, um, of punks or Kongs or apes or whomever the, the community is, because that community essentially needs to come together and, establish a mechanism for what they as a community think is the right way to handle 
when things go bad and they need to establish what things they want to be able to handle and what they're going to do about it. But but to get to that point, you first need to, to, to start beginning this separation between possession and ownership by establishing a legal title over your or a title over your uh, NFTs. So, you know, Aspen is the the product from Monax. And, and what is Aspen proposing to do uh, in terms of helping to establish legal title for NFTs? So Aspen is a digital property management solution. And, and what I mean when I say that is we are intending to um, take the current ideas of NFTs and move them into a lane where you have a more complete idea of digital property. And so uh, part of that part, a big piece of that is to be able to uh, offer the capacity to add a title document onto an NFT, to be able to uh, license an NFT, to be able to transact from a buy, sell, swap perspective um, in a manner that, you know, you still have a set of terms that if, if something weird happens in the middle of a transaction, you can you can take to a court. Um, you know, when folks are transacting on uh, OpenSea in a private transaction today, there's a little bit of a legal document around that transaction that protects OpenSea that does not have anything to do with me as a buyer or you as a seller. Um, we also will be offering the ability to lend an NFT to somebody else or to lease an NFT to somebody else. The, these transaction types, this ability to title, to license, to buy, sell, swap, lend, lease, all these things don't really exist within existing NFT technologies. Um, and they certainly don't really exist with a, with a mechanism to allow you to connect a, a legal interface. I mean, whether that connects to a DAO or a court is relatively, it's, is irrelevant to us. Um, but be able to connect these human level processes to the technological processes that exist within the context of the chain itself. And that's that's fundamentally what we uh, are building with with the Aspen platform. You know, one aspect that you brought up was was licensing. And we've seen uh, a huge amount of issues uh, of just with one small sliver of the licensing pie, which is really around derivatives. Uh, I myself bought a crypto funk, um, which was sort of an inverted crypto punk. Uh, and, and I was early in the space when I when I bought this in terms of my experience. And so I just assumed that it was on OpenSea, so it was okay to buy. It's been listed, delisted, listed, delisted, then struck down with a, uh, a DCMA, actually, was the last thing that happened. Um, but the derivative space is really messy because you never quite know if that ape that you're buying, you know, if, if the, the original ape, ape1234, actually authorized this derivative ape to be made, uh, so you, how, how do you imagine this sort of licensing space and maybe just through the lens of derivatives getting cleaned up through the solutions that Aspen will provide? Yeah. And, you know, and there's, uh, you also don't know if the current owner of APE1234 has authorized the derivative because perhaps the previous owner of APE1234 authorized the derivative, but does that necessarily mean that the current owner has authorized the continued existence of these derivatives? Because the way, and this is a little bit particular to, to, 
to the board apes. But uh, since they did this, a, a lot of communities have adopted this modality. But you, the, but the owner, the way that those legalities are meant to flow is that the owner is going to be able to control. And uh, and, and so uh, a licensing event is an ongoing thing. And and so 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 what we are offering at Aspen is the ability uh, to uh, conduct various licensing uh, exercises. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, you licensing typically today breaks down into a couple of mechanisms. I want to maybe license it, my NFT to be displayed in a place where they collect money for people to come in, or I want to license it to be put on a t-shirt or a pair of shoes, or I want to license it to create a derivatives. And and there's no on-chain registry of these licensing events, uh, number one. And then number two- Well, can I go zero, which is there's no on-chain given commercial rights to someone either, right? I don't don't think that like if you're an ape holder, there's an on-chain designation that you own the commercial rights to this. I think it's just sort of implied through their website. Am I wrong? Correct, because at the you know and and uh, you have a couple of licensing events that, to, that that are relevant here. First off, is that when an artist creates something, they will own full and complete rights to everything uh, artistically around that creation. Typically, what happens then is in the NFT space or or, or in uh, you know pre NFT spaces, uh, artists will then uh, uh, take and give they will take some of those rights uh, and give to uh, to the purchaser of their work um, not all the rights uh, typically um, but many of them and 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 this is as many people know the big one of the big differences between punks and apes is the ability to commercially exploit um, these and and the only way that we know this is because Larva Labs has included this in in their legal documents uh, that that are around the terms and similarly Yuga has um, has put this in their legal documents. Um, both of those exist on the centralized websites of those two uh, companies that created those. There is no mechanism. There's no on-chain marker around this, uh, around what this was when, you know, the punks were created and or when the, the apes were created or any other community um, and as, as the beginning. And that tells you what was what what rights went from the creator who, who held everything to the uh, to the collector, um, and then the collector, to the extent they have rights, then will have the capacity to relicense to other folks as well, and and so this creates a web of documents. Well, Casey, you, you raise a good point. You know the the fundamental issue is if I own Ape One Two Three Four and I create uh, a, an agreement for derivatives, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, you know maybe there's a Similarly, if you're going to say that there's not currently a way to legally wrap the rights to create the derivative, then royalty shares and breakdowns on the financial end can't be tracked either, which is issue one. Issue two, assuming that you do put that structure in place with some sort of legal wrapper, then when that original ape, the board ape token gets exchanged or sold or transacted to someone else, you'd have the ability to sort of close those derivative agreements as they as they existed, I would imagine that then you wouldn't have the chain of custody. You'd have to, that derivative artist would have to go to the new owner and reestablish a a proper licensing agreement. 
Yeah, if we analogize to real world property, um, you know, just like you own a house, right? And, and and you own a house that has a yard on it, and and you know the ability to license your uh, derivatives in in this particular case, those derivatives are out in the world. You know that that's essentially someone building a road over part of your lawn. And that is perfectly fine in uh, in in, in part in you know in property parlance that uh, your 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 property is what is called encumbered, uh, which means that you have given up someone you have given someone the right to build that road over your piece of property, and that gets marked typically in in your title documents, which means that when you sell your place, the the new buyer. A needs to know that that road exists, and B can't just necessarily say, "Oh, I'm the new. I, 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 there's a new sheriff in town, and this road needs to go." Um, uh, that, that's not how it. That's not necessarily how it works in the real world. And and to do this properly, the licensing bits, particularly when we're talking about derivatives, need to link back to the title bits that we were talking about earlier. Because if I if if you are if you are the owner of ape one two three four and you have authorized a, a derivative collection on that ape gang one two three four um then uh, then uh, then that exists in the world and is traded and there's nothing really that you can do about that other than you're going to be potentially getting some royalties so when well, you sell well, your so, to so, me, i need to know that yeah but this is the again your idea around separation of possession versus ownership, right? Like, you, you know, you, if it's set up that when I create these licensing agreements for derivatives, it's not about who possesses the the ape, the original ape. It's about who owned the ape at the time that the agreement was created. Then you have sort of a clarity around how this could work. But again, all of this just floats out unencumbered without any sort of clarity wrapped around it. It all just sort of exists um you know, as an enigma. And so, you know, w with Aspen and, and trying to wrap this stuff and make it clean, make it clear, make it simple, make it legal, which obviously may not sound sexy to people uh, on first glance, but there is such a need for it in this space because the muckiness, you know, it it is going to keep your normies from getting in. The barrier to entry around crypto is a big enough obstacle to really tackle with people like that in itself will keep people from from joining the space. But then, um, you know, if you don't have the ability to make this clean and clear for people, uh, you're going to have people who don't want to get involved. And then, uh, uh, you know, the only, the same 50,000 people can only buy PFPs for so long. Exactly. I, I often say that NFTs are the gateway drug to mainstreaming blockchain technology. And, and those in the NFT space, you know, and this is a little bit different from uh, are a little bit different from those that are deep uh, in the DeFi space in the sense that normies, there's a huge jump for someone that is not crypto savvy to get to a level where they can understand and really know how to drive DeFi technologies is a pretty actually small jump to somebody that has traded baseball cards or basketball cards uh, at some point in their life to understand PFPs. Like it's that jump is pretty small. And, and what we really need to get folks to understand is like, okay, rather than pushing Google play, then you got to go do this and then you got to go do that. And then you push this other button over here. And that's really the, the, the leap. 
and so if we want to continue that, then we need to understand that the growth is not in the Wild West folks, but it's in the folks that want and need some level of protection around what they're doing. And they need this clarity, which is uh, which is why they you know, need to have an understanding of uh, A, what is what and B, you know, what can I do with this thing that I purported to just buy? So, you know, this, I think if someone's just listening to this, this sounds like it's a really far way away from the current reality of where things function. So, you know, what is the sort of timeline in your mind where this can be the sort of new normal and, and things can function this way? Clearly, you're saying that the title process is sort of establishing this baseline foundational piece that will start to separate that idea of possession versus ownership. But like, how far away how far away are we from a world where we could do these things safely, securely, and legally with sort of clear wrappers around them? I mean, from a technological perspective, we're, we're basically there. The, the big question is, the, the real big question here is what do communities want to do? Do communities want to establish norms where, oh, my, you know, an NFT got fish out of my wallet. Well, sucks to be you. Sorry. Uh, LOL. Uh, uh, you know, hardware wallet is the solution. Well, it was actually fished out of my hardware wallet. Yeah. Well, no, you should have had just better security. I mean, is that the world that we want to create? If that's what we want to create, then, you know, the, the technical solutions being there are, are, are relatively irrelevant. Whereas if we want to take a, a, a different perspective where, you know, okay, something bad happened to you and uh, you know, that does is not great, but maybe we have some empathy for this and maybe we'll put in place mechanisms that, 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 that can uh, think about making you right. Um, then, you know, we're, you know, a quarter away from, from that. And, and most of that time, or two quarters away. And most of that time is really going to be spent internal to specific communities, understanding and, and negotiating and putting in place processes about what we want to do when members of our community have been harmed. And, you know, what, and, and obviously there needs to be some boundaries around this. And, you know, this is, this is kind of the quote unquote jurisdiction that these communities could assert within and amongst themselves. And, and I, so I think that's one strand. The other strand here is that in by the end of Q1, we're going to start to see metaverse uh, technology boom. And we haven't really talked about metaverse land here, but uh, you know, land in metaverses is going to be extremely complicated, extremely quickly. Um, in term from from all uh, in in the terms of all of these things that we've talked about, you know, it, there's only so much that you can do with a cartoon picture of an animal. But what you can do with purported land in a virtual reality universe is significantly more complicated and people will find a way to do significantly more complicated things on those. And these these will really honestly start to come online in Q1, which means that we need to have technological and legal solutions in place to be able to, I mean, not necessarily legal solutions, but I would say more human level solutions in order to make these things really be uh, usable by uh, normal folks. Thanks for joining, Casey. Uh, I'm going to put all your Twitter information. I'll put the Aspen Twitter handle in the show notes. Um, Aspen and Monax will be at NFT NYC. Uh, you're going to be giving a talk. I'll put that information in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me.
thank Casey Coleman, the CEO of Monax, for joining me on this episode of NF Teach. I handed over the NF Teach reins to Adam Fish, who just cut a great episode on estate planning. I'm going to drop that this evening also. So it's a double dose of Thursday night NF Teach for you. Uh, as always, take care of yourselves and each other. Looking so forward to seeing so many of you at NFT NYC next week. As for now, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off. Peace. Thank you.